Sunday for the family month. We give God the glory for all that he has been doing since this July. We thank, thank you for all those that are worshiping with us online. I hope you continue to tune in every Thursday in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Our precious Father, we are so excited, Father, to be in your presence because we know that you always bless us. Thank you for your word that you will speak through me and we pray, Lord, that as your word enters into us, Father, it will bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. I got a, a little joke to tell. Uh, there's a, a newlywed born again Christians went for their honeymoon right after their wedding. So when they got to their hotel room, they were both tired. The husband asked his wife a question. Honey, do you know what I want right now? And she respond, responded, what? A cup of coffee, he said. His wife replied, me too. Both are coffee lovers. Then the man said, you go and make it. Her husband requested. No, she answered. You make it, his wife said, because the Bible said men brew coffee. Her husband did not quite understand what she said. She repeated it again. The Bible says, men brew coffee. Her husband quickly went and unzipped his bag and brought out his Bible and gave it to her. Show me where the Bible says, men brew coffee. She took the Bible from him and opened the book and handed it to him. And he said, oh, he brews. Praise the Lord. So what God has joined together, let no coffee put asunder. <laughs> Since both of you are now one flesh, whether it is Hebrews or whether it is Hebrews, case closed. Praise the Lord. We'll continue with our parenting topic. Last week we talked about God's magnificent plans for his children. Today we are going to look at a very important but neglected subject that is parenting our children. So my topic today is parents' responsibilities in their homes or in the homes. Now what is parenting? I say parenting is the process of raising children and providing them with protection and care. This is very important. Providing them with protection and care in order to ensure their healthy development into adulthood. In other words, for the healthy development to occur, there must be, one, a protection and there must be a care. Yesterday, my wife and I were watching, uh, listening to news and then they showed this 
man, I don't know if you guys saw it. Now this uh, mother was taking a walk with three of, his three of her children on the sidewalk. And then the car stopped just by, by her and a young guy ran out and grabbed her five years old son and went straight to her car, I mean to his car, and you know, dropped the, the, the child inside the car and was about to take off. So this woman and the other two children ran towards the car. Unfortunately for the driver or for that guy, the back window was open and what he did, you know, he put the, the, the child at the back of the, uh, of the car and was about to take off. So this woman reached, you know, there and grabbed her son out and pulled her out, you know, pulled the child out before the man, you know, took out. And people were, you know, ran after him. They, they finally caught him. So that's protection. This woman fought for her child. Protection and care. That's one of the major responsibilities of parents. So the responsibility of a parent is not over until the child becomes an adult. In between that infancy and adult, so what do we do? We have a major part to play. In between that infancy and that adulthood, we have a major part to play. We should understand that God owns our children and has told us what to do and how to raise them. What this means is that we will give account to God on how we raise his children. So it is our responsibility to train them so that they will spend eternity with God. Praise the Lord. Psalm 127, verses 3 to 5, TPT, says, Children are God's loved gift. They are heaven's generous reward. Children born to a young couple will one day rise to protect and provide for their parents. Happy will be the couple who has many of them, a household, a household full of children will not bring shame on your name, but victory when you face your enemies. For your offspring will have influence and honor to prevail on your behalf. Praise the Lord. None of our children will bring shame to us in Jesus' name. So God owns our children. We are just uh, caretakers. And this is why I said this is an important uh, topic to discuss. Parenting is not easy, but God has given us the best way to handle it. And it takes the grace of God to accomplish it. Let's look at uh, Proverbs 26, 22, 6. King, uh, King James Version. We all know this um, passage of the Bible. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, 
he will not depart from it. So whatever you sow into them when they are growing or when they are young is what you harvest when they grow old. Whatever you sow into them as they are growing, that's what you reap. That's what you are going to get. Let's look at the message translation said, point your kids into the right direction. Point them into the right direction. When they are old, they won't be lost. So what directions are we pointing to our kids? What are we watching on television? Are we pointing them to God? Again, whatever direction we point them, that is what they will follow. He says, when they are old, they won't be lost. Praise the Lord. Then TPT translation says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go. And the values, the values they have learned from you will be with them for life. That is, whatever value they learn from you will be with them forever, for life. So what values are, you, are your children learning from you? If they see you make God your number one priority, they will grow to love God. How much of your time and resources are you investing in them to bring out the love of God in them? You know, when I was, when I was uh, growing, growing up, my dad invested lots of money you know, in our education. He employed uh, private teachers that comes to teach us English and mathematics every Friday and Saturday evenings. And he went ahead and registered us in evening school, Monday to Thursday, because that's where his value was. He didn't go to school, but he said that his children must learn. His children must go to school. So he spent a lot of money. He invested a lot of money in education. We had little time to play with our friends. But you know, I've never seen a parent that has employed a private teacher to teach their children the word of God. I have never, and I have not heard of it. You don't have time to teach them, but you have the money. And you can employ someone to teach them the word of God. Because that's not where your value is. If you, have, if you value God, and if you want your children to know God, and if you don't have the time to teach them, then... Somebody said, if I want to know where your value is, all you have to do is get hold of your, hold of your, your checkbook and then go through them. See where you're spending your money. Praise the God. I remember in those days uh, in secondary school, if you're not good in sciences, the students will make mockery of you. They'll call you Ibo Ibo Bike. Yeah. 
Igbo Igbo Bike, that's all that's all, all he knows. I won't get him to anywhere. Praise the Lord. So good news translation says, teach children how they should live, and they will remember it all their life. He teach them how they should live. They will remember it all their all their life. If we teach them that God is important, that will that will be what they will remember all their life. It will not be, become a, a lifestyle. It will not become part of them. Praise the Lord. Galatians says, you can never mock God. Whatever you sow is what you will get back. If you sow into them the word of God, you will reap joy and peace. If, however, you sow in garbage, you will reap garbage. So the, the key word in this verse is train. So our responsibility as, as parents is to train our children the way they should go. And this is what God instructs us to do. Which means if we fail to train them, they may become useless. So our primary responsibility is to train our children in the way they should go. Training is consistently modeling behavior that we want our children to adapt. You model behavior. God is our model. As far as you're a Christian, God is our model. Ephesians 5.1 amplifies, says, therefore become imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well beloved children imitate their father. So when we model Christ, then our children we go towards that direction. I remember far back in, in, the, in, the, in the 70s uh, in Seattle, Washington, when, when I, uh, I was working in the shipyard, there was this uh, co-worker there, a, a, a black American. Um, he, he doesn't smoke cigarettes. All he smokes is uh, marijuana. He smokes marijuana. I mean, he, he, he chews it. He eats it, and then he thinks it's better than a cigarette. So one time, one day he came to work. He said, Chuck, you know what happened? I said, what happened? Junior, that's his son. His son was about five years old. He says, I gave Junior marijuana, and he enjoyed it. I said, My, I, I said well, he is too young. He's going to affect his brain. He said, no. Now, this child at that age, that's all he will know. Imagine what, when he grows up, what he will be. Everything about him will be smoking marijuana. And that will, you know, obviously will not lead him to anywhere. So children learn more from what they see. What they see their parents do. That's what they copy. When you misbehave, that's what they copy. If you, as a husband or a father, yeah, at your, at, your, at your mother, at their mother, the message you are sending is that women are bad and you can treat them without respect. As a, a father had an argument with his wife. And for the first time in his life, used an F word. Few weeks later, his son 
had an argument with his sister and he used F word on her. So the father was very furious and asked him where he learned that word. We don't use such words here, you know, in this house. So his son replied, Dad, I had one you said it to mom the other day, so I thought it was okay. So he thought it was okay to use F word. Why? Because his father said it. I'm sure that that child must have had that effort somewhere else, but because it's not being used in the family, he can't use it outside. But once he heard that his father used that word to his mother, he thinks it's okay to use it, and he's used it on, on his sister. So we should mind what we say or do in their presence, because that is what they will copy. Jesus modeled godly training with his disciples. Let's see John 13, 13, 14 to 15. So if I am your teacher and Lord, I have just washed your dirty feet, then you should follow the example that I have set for you and wash one another's feet, dirty feet. Now, do for each other what I have just uh, done for you. So what Jesus was saying is that follow my example. As I have done to you, do also to others. Training involves humility and patience. We need to train our children to know the benefits of serving God. Share with them what, he has done, what God has done for you. Share with them what God is doing for you. Share with them that God is our healer. Make them understand that God is a giver. Teach them how to give and why we should give. If you are a stingy person, father, you are teaching your children to be miserly. Always tell them what God has done for you and, and other people. This way, when they want things, they will go to God. Praise the Lord. Is it the knowledge we impact on them about God as children remains in them for life. If I continue to tell my children that God will punish you when you sin, I have painted an image of God that hates people and they will be scared to approach him. Let's look at 2 Timothy 1.5. TPT. As I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. Now, as I think of your strong faith, it was passed down, passed down through your family line. It began with your grandmother, Louis. It started with his grandmother. The faith that Timothy had started with his grandmother was passed on to him. Who passed it on to your, their mother? So he got it from his mother. His grandmother passed it to his mom, and then his mom now passed it you know, to him, Eunice. And it's clear that you too are following in the footsteps of their godly example. So what, what do you pass on to your children? 
we see from grandmother to mother to mother to son, the pass on faith. And this is what Timothy embraced. Second Timothy 3.15. Remember what you were taught from your childhood, from the Holy Scrolls, which can impact to you wisdom to experience everlasting life through the faith of Jesus, the anointed one. Remember what you were taught. They will always remember what you teach them when they were young. So the question is, what are you, what are the way they should go? The Bible did not say ways, but way. When you teach your children the way, not the ways, the way they should go, which means there is only one way, and that one way is the way of God. Praise God. So God wants his presence in every home. God wants his presence in every home. And this is why he chose Abraham. Let's look at Genesis 18, 18, 19. This is a very popular um, verse of the Bible. Abraham will become, that's E-R-O-V. Abraham will become a great and powerful nation. And all the nations on earth will be blessed because of him. 19. I have made a special agreement with him. I did this so that he would command, command his children and his descendants to live the way the Lord wants them to live. I did this so that they would live right and be fair. Then I, the Lord, can give him what I promise. So God wants us to live the way he wants us to live. There's no other way. And this is why he, the Bible said this is why he chose Abraham. Because he saw that in Abraham, that he's going to lead his children to live the, to live the way of the Lord. So Abraham did, Abraham did not pet or pamper his children. He commanded them. Like the Bible says, I did this so that he would command his children. He would command his children. See the results of his good training. Let's look at Genesis 14, 14. That's the result of Abraham's good training. It says, when Abraham heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized the 318 trained men who had been born into his household. He didn't go to get them from outside. He trained these 318 men inside his household, training. Then he pursued the army until he caught up with them at Dan. So he trained these people inside his household. 16, Abraham recovered all the goods that had been taken and he brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions and all the women and other captives. He did this with his own trained men from his household. This is one of the benefits you get when you give proper training to your children. 
they will become an asset to you and never a liability. Praise the Lord. Our children will never be a liability to us in Jesus' name. So training them in the way they should go does not guarantee they will follow that way. It's not a guarantee that they will follow that way. After training, the choice to follow God is up to our children. There will be a part, a point, a child becomes an adult and makes choices for himself. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. So the influence of training a child in God's word may seem to disappear. It may seem to, be, to disappear from the child's life depending on his choices. His behavior might be contrary to your expectations, but don't give up. Because the word of God that you sowed into him is always there, walking in him. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 55, 11 says, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all, all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So the word of God that is inside him, no matter what he's doing, he must surely come back. Praise the Lord. So the word of God that you sowed in him is still there and will surely produce fruit and must surely prosper. So don't worry. God knows how to handle every situation. Continue training them. Remember in Luke 15, 17 about the prodigal son. Since when he finally came to his senses, there will be a point in time when he will finally come to his senses. And that's when the word of God kicks in. When the word of God kicks into him, when he, remember, he will not remember. He will not come to his senses to realize that what, he's, what, he, what he was doing was wrong. So when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. Remember that this guy went to his father and asked him to give him everything that belongs to him. And then he left and squandered the whole thing. Now, after suffering, he now came back to his senses and went back to his dad. Praise the Lord. So when they go off the track, God knows how to bring them back on track. Godly training is the parent's responsibility. But how a child responds to it is God's responsibility. Some parents get frustrated when they spend time training their children but never saw positive results. They see their children living in a way contrary to their godly upbringing. We should remember that God says in Isaiah, like I read before, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. 
the timing is not up to the parents. Parents, we do not control the time frame of when a child will respond to God's instruction. It's God's responsibility. Praise the Lord. Second Peter 3 says, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day to us. You see, we don't reason like God reasons. We want something to happen right away. But God is telling us that a day is like a 1,000 years, and 1,000 years is like a day. So God can move in any time. Praise the Lord. Our responsibility is to train them, and God working in them will cause them to remember the instructions they receive. We can't train up a child without seeking God's wisdom and grace for ourselves. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which part to take. When we trust in him, he will help us to parent wisely. God is very much concerned about the way we raise our children. He wants every home, like I said before, of family to represent him. When God said in Genesis 1, 28, that we should be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. He's not telling us to fill the earth with irresponsible children. What he wants us to do is to fill the earth with godly children. Malachi 2.15. Malachi 2.15, and now it says, didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So what God wants from us is godly children, not to fill the earth with irresponsible children. He wants us to raise godly children. So guide your hearts. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. God said, I know that Abraham will direct his children and every member of his household to know him. This is exactly what God expected from us. Can you imagine what what it would be like if we train our children God's way. Praise the Lord. The Bible did not say that Abraham pet his children. He did not pet his children, but he commanded them. Like I said before, he was fully committed to direct his children and household to love God. You see, training is commitment. You have to, it's time consuming. It has to allocate a lot of time to train. And seeing Abraham, how he was able to raise his children. Today, we all say God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. What a lineage. Now compare Abraham's lineage with uh, Eli, the priest. Eli, the priest, he did not raise his children well. First Samuel 2, 22 to 25 says, Eli was very old. He heard about the bad things his sons were doing to the Israelites, Ashelah, 
and how his sons were having sexual relations with the women who served at the door of the meeting tent. 23, Eli said to his sons, the people here told me about the evil things you have done. Why are you doing such things? Sons, stop that. The Lord's people are saying bad things about you. If, you. if you sin against other people, God might protect you. But who can help you if you sin against the Lord? Now, Eli's son refused to listen to him. So the Lord decided to kill them. So they refused to listen to him because he has not been training them. Probably that was the first time, you know, he tried to caution them. And look at how, we'll see how, how Eli ended up because he never trained his children. When you look at 1 Samuel 2, 30 to 35, it says, The Lord, the God of Israel, promised that your father's family will serve him forever. But now, the Lord says, that will never be. I will honor people who honor me, but bad things will happen to those who refuse to respect me. The time is coming when I will destroy all your descendants. No one in your family will live to be an old man. Good things will happen to Israel, but you will see bad things happening at home. No one in your family will live to be an old man. 33, there is only one man I will save to serve as priest at my altar. He will live until his eyes were out and his strength is gone. But all of your descendants will die by the sword. I will give you a sign to show that these things will come true. Your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, will die on the same day. I will choose a priest I can trust. This priest will listen to me and do what I want. I will make his family strong, and he will always serve before my chosen king. You see what lack of training does. Eli didn't train his children at all, and they have brought shame and disgrace to his father. None of our children will bring disaster to us in Jesus' name. When you read of 1 Samuel 4, 16 to 18, you see how Eli died. He said, he said, I am the man who just came from the battle. I ran away from the battle today. Eli asked, what happened, son? The Benjamite man answered, Israel ran away from the Philistines. The Israelite army has lost many soldiers. Your two sons are both dead, and the Philistines took God's holy box. That's the ark of God. When the Benjamite man mentioned God's holy box, Eli fell backwards off his chair near the gate and broke his neck. Eli was old and fat, so he died. He had led Israel for 20 years. You see how he died? because of what his, son, his children did. Praise the Lord. None of our children will bring calamity to us in Jesus' name. Another important person in the Bible that didn't train his children the way they should go 
was Samuel. Samuel, we all know, grew up serving the Lord in the altar under priest Eli. He started hearing from God as a child. Unfortunately, because his sons lacked home training, their conduct brought an end to the reign of priesthood in Israel. 1 Samuel 8, 1, 7. As Samuel grew, up, grew, uh, grew old, he appointed his sons to be judges over Israel, Jewel and Abijah. His oldest sons held court in Bathsheba, but they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. Finally, all the elders of Israel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look, they told him, you are now old and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. Six, Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. Seven, do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me, not you. They don't want me to be their king anymore. So that brought the end of a priesthood in Israel. So God instructs us to train our children the way they should go. And when they are old, they will never depart from it. The book of um, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 2 says, There is a right time for everything, and everything on earth will happen at the right time. So the right time to train them is when they are young and not when they are old. The Bible did not say train up a man. Training a man is like trying to bend a dry fish. See, only God can bend a dry fish without breaking it. He can, he can, that's how we can bend a dry fish. Praise the Lord. So how do we train our children? By modeling Christ. You model Christ. God said we should train a child, not an adult. We, <clears throat> what we sow into our children today will later become their outcome tomorrow. So according to Galatians 6, 7, it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of, his, of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit we are the spirit reap uh, everlasting life. So let us sow good seeds into our children, seeds of good moral, so that we can rest tomorrow. The Bible says in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, that this is the message, message version now, there is an opportune, opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on earth. So God is telling us that the right time to train our children, like I said, is right now. If we miss it, it might become very, very difficult to do it. So those of you that are newly married, those of you that have children, infants, this is the right time, right time to start training them. Praise the Lord. And we are the one to train them, not the school. We are the one to train them, not the church. We are the one to train them, not the neighbors or relations or babysitters, or nannies. We can train them through our behavior. Children learn more from what they see 
their parents do. So they say that they should do as I say, not as I do. Doesn't work anymore. A father will tell his child that when I'm that when someone wants to see see me, tell him that I'm you know that I'm not around. So in other words, you are teaching him how to lie, and then you come to him in the Bible study stay where the Bible says that all liars uh, will go to hell. So your son will be looking at you, and inside his mind he says that including you. Because you've been telling him how to lie. Tell them I'm sleeping. And he's seeing you there. Praise the Lord. So training involves monitoring. You have to monitor your children's movement. Don't just take it for granted. Whenever they come back home, you know, you don't ask them questions. You know, where did you go? Who did you go out with? You have to monitor them. Monitor their activities. Everything they do, you have to monitor them. Know their friends and people they hang out with. Know their teachers in schools and always call them to find out how they are doing in school. Get involved in your children's affairs. Invest your time in them. Praise the Lord. Invest your time in them. I'm going to talk a little bit about honoring because I don't have much time to honor. Ephesians 6, 1 to 4 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long in the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to rot, but bring them up in the training and adoption. Admonition of the, of the Lord. How do you honor your parents? Honoring our parents does, doesn't end when you have grown up or when you move out of the house. It is something that is required of us throughout our lives. This is a, God's commandment that you know, has a promise. You know, I, when I, as, as, a, as a little boy, as a child, I really, I can proudly say that I, I honored my, my parents. I served, I served them. I mean, by the grace of God, I was my father's uh, favorite child, so to say, because I was doing everything he wants. And then, and this is why I, you know, I keep telling God, this is, I'm going to live 100 and plus years. Because this is what your word said. I honored my parents. I'm not joking about it. I honored them. I obeyed them. When I came to this country, I knew how much my father suffered. He didn't have the money. He had to borrow to bring him down here. Because all his houses in Portacot were seized. So all the sources of income, you know, wasn't as he used to. He was very rich before the war. So when I came here, all my friends, they were driving cars, I came here and then I got a job. I got a job, I started working and sending money home, paying school fees for my, for my, for my siblings. And they, my friends were, they were all, I didn't want to dis- disclose, you know, what, what I was doing. They thought I was a miser. You know, sun, rain, snow, 
I'm walking to work with umbrella, saving my money, sending it home. So I made sure until my father was able to stand again. And I wrote me, says, son, you've tried. Now, he sent me school fees for one year. Say, I want you to relax. So I served them. So I'm going to live 100 plus years, praise the Lord. <laughs> so the word honor means merited respect. Merited respect. Their father and mother merited respect for bringing you into this world and took care of you till you, be, you become an adult. So you must honor them. It is interesting to know that Jesus submitted to his earthly parents. Jesus is the only teenager that knew more than his parents, yet he submitted and honored them. God, in human flesh, became obedient to two earthly parents. This is humility. Let's look at Luke 2, 48 to 51. When they saw him, they were overwhelmed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Listen, your father and I have been greatly distressed and anxiously looking for you. And he answered, Why did you have to look for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he had said to them. He went down to Nazareth with them. Now listen to this. And was continually submissive and obedient to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Praise the Lord. So he was submissive and he was obedient to, to, to his earthly parents. So other ways we can honor our parents is be thankful for them and show your gratitude. Communicate with them. Our son sister used to do it a lot with, uh, with his mom. Once he comes in, you know, he would just fall, fall on, on her, you know, hands and begin to, you know, as, as old as he was then. And we kissing, kissing. I said, man, that's my wife you are kissing her. Talk to them and treat them with respect. You should talk to your parents and treat their parents with respect. Seek their advice and wisdom because they are older than you. They have seen so many things. I people, I people say that what an old man sees while sitting down, that a child cannot sit while standing up. So they have, you have to seek for them. Seek their advice and seek you know, wisdom. Pray for them and pray with them. Encourage your parents when they are passing through so many things. Try to encourage them. You know, any encouragement that comes from you, you know, what's more than a million. Forgive your parents. I've, I've seen some children when their parents offend them, they can't forgive their parents. That's not good. Forgive, you have to forgive your parents because they, 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 they brought you to this world 
tell them the truth. You gotta tell your, 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 your parents the truth. Then take care of your parents. When your parents get old, it's your responsibility to take care of them. It's because this thing is, is just a circle. Someday you're going to get old too. Your own children will take care of you. So if you don't take care of your own parents, then don't expect your children to take care of you when that time comes. Talk well of them publicly and privately. You should be very proud of your parents, no matter how. Talk well of them privately. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we are so good. We thank you, Lord, for what you have taught us, Lord, training our children. We know this is what you want us to do because this is the only way, Father, they will be what you want them to be. If we don't direct them towards the right path, People outside will direct them towards the wrong path. So, Father, we pray that you help us, Lord, to get it right. We know sometimes it will be so overwhelming, especially when you go out and come in frustrated. Help us, mighty God, to know that this is our responsibility. This is what we're supposed to do as parents. This is what you have assigned us to do, to train these children to know you so that they will spend eternity with you. You gave us these children. Lord, we thank you and we'll give you all the praise. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Okay, we're going to get ready for Holy Communion. <laughs>